Hello to all our lovely Patreon backers. Welcome to a bonus episode, your bonus episode, the episode we give to you from the center of our hearts. Welcome to a bonus episode of Flawless the Music Podcast. My name is Liam and I'm here with George. Hello. And Grant. Hi there, patrons. You say so, here with, but we're not actually, I'm not here, actually with here with you, are not. you? We are all in our respective homes. Yes, we are like, all isolating like good people. Correct. We are responsible and keeping everyone safe, but entertained. Yeah. Yes. Yes. We can be two things. So this bonus episode is going to be a homework episode where I set George and Grant and our Patreon listeners a bit of a homework to go away and have a listen to a song that is related to one of our previous episodes. So uh, last year, oh my God. Yeah. Last year I nominated the Decemberists uh, Hazards of Love as a flawless album. We got that across the line. So... Today, I want to talk about another song from an earlier record, uh, and it's called The Mariner's Revenge Song. We are two mariners, a ship's sole survivors, in this belly of a whale. Its ribs are ceiling beams, its guts are carpeting. I guess we have some time to kill. You may not remember me, I was a child of three, and you a lad of eighteen. But I remember you, and I will relate to you how our histories interweave. So the reason I've nominated this song is that we talked in the episode about how the whole album was one big story and um this song is another big story possibly a bigger story because it's a story of an entire lifetime and uh yeah we talked also about how it was a sea shanty and this was this is a sea shanty as well so it uh a big nautical ballad was from their 2005 album picaresque so george and grant george first maybe how when I sent you the link to the song, did you have a listen and how did you find it? I have heard it before. Right. <laughs> well, I hadn't. <laughs> so when Which you sent it unusual. to me, yeah, so Grant hadn't heard it. Um, and I, as you know, I had already heard the Decembrists when we did our last mm. recording. So when you sent it to me, I was like, oh yeah, I know this song. So um, yeah. I went, I will listen to this song. So um, how did I find it? I um, found it uh, like of exactly like a decemberist song like a very yeah. <laughs> long december sounds exactly like the decemberist is um what eight eight minutes 46 i think um mm-hmm. and it is an entire um story in one song as you say and it, it sounds exactly like um a decemberist song <laughs> with lots of instruments um an entire story mm. and it got the whole band playing different characters and going along and doing some kind of like epic journey in some fantastical and yeah. like weird way and that is exactly what they did so um and it's got the na 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 na's yeah, it does it's got all sorts it's got all sorts of bits and bobs in it that i enjoy so it's got all sorts of extra um instruments like mandolins double bass floor, like adding the floor toms and multi-vocals yeah. a 12 string guitar an accordion violin the, the accordion is so good like it really makes the part of the the sea shanty part of the song yeah mm. so how about you grant it was your never first heard session. it before yeah never heard it before great track i think uh, you know, i mean i suppose it's it's credit to 
Decemberists for already having a flawless album across the line. Um, great opening, epic. It is an epic, of course. Mm. Um, you know, the ghost and the na-na-na-na-na's and closing. And so from, I suppose, from way to go, it's, for, for me, it really, I thought it was a great, great mm. song. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. so, yeah, so it starts off with um, two survivors stranded in the belly of a whale. And one of them starts to tell the story to the other one. And it turns out that uh, the narrator, when he was very young, his father passed away and his widowed mother falls in love with another man uh, using those lovable, the great terms that he always loved, the, a rake and a roustabout. At the time you were a rake and a roustabout Spending all your money on the hoys and owls. He loves rakes, doesn't he? He does love rakes. We we counted rakes in the in the hazards of love as well. But yes. I, I think roustabout might even be better. I do love a good roustabout. I I think I can picture a rake. <laughs> I just don't know what a roustabout actually is. Uh, um, I, I like a rug tub kind of guy. I think like yeah. more of a burly burly one. A rake yeah. I think of as tall and slender as the, whereas I think of a more of a burly roustabout kind of person. Mm-hmm. So the roustabout moves in, spends all the money. And then bit of a womanizer and then leaves again. So the narrator's mother uh, dies in poverty and he, before she dies, she gives him an oath to carry out. Um, so she says... So break all his fingers and then bury him alive so that he doesn't have even the fingers to scratch his way out. So, like, as far as, like, passing words go, that's not usually what you hear from a dying mother. It's usually like, I love you and, uh, you know, I've always been so proud of you and everything else. But instead it's just like, you must avenge me. It's revenge. It's all about (laughs) that revenge. Yeah. So then he goes and lives on the streets and then 15 years later he uh, gets a job cleaning a priory which is where priests and various uh, religious people live. Mm -hmm. And then one day while he's cleaning that he hears a whaler talking about a guy who matches the description of our rake and our roustabout, a whaler captain. And then he joins a privateer ship to hunt him down. Um, And then I say coincidentally, I mean I guess it would be pretty lucky to actually encounter that person ever again but uh, after 20 months at sea, he does find him. So just before this bit, the lyrics sort of pause here. And um, it, the whole song's been in a 4-4 tempo. And then it just pauses here and just does like a 3-4 tempo just for a short little bit, which is, like helps you with the swaying of the ocean. It's very, a very sort of sea shanty, different sort of tempo style. And then, so yeah, 20 months at sea, spots the whaling ship, just as he's about to, I was getting my muskets cleaned, and just as he's about to shoot this guy, a giant whale attacks both ships, everybody on board, both ships is killed, except for the narrator and the rake, and then the narrator goes, yep, you're the guy, and basically kills the rake. Um, He says, cautions him to listen closely to the last words he'll hear, 
but then doesn't actually say the words. So he said the words twice earlier in the song. But this is where we tie it back in as well to like a, an auditory motif for like a play. So when you've got a certain character on stage, you, you have a certain piece of music or you, you play a certain piece of music to let everybody know that character's coming on. And in this case, you don't, he doesn't sing the words again, his mother's words, but they play out the song using that melody. So it's almost like she's there haunting him and doing the killing herself, but don't, they don't actually have to say the words. But, but it's all implied. It's, it's definitely... all implied. That's right, yeah. Yeah, so it's just using that music as a motif style thing rather than necessarily repeating the words again. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so it does have, you mentioned the instruments before. So Chris Funk is on mandolin, Nate Query on the stand-up and bad bass, and then Colin on his doing his vocals and guitar, a floor tom, so not using the full guitar, and then Jenny on accordion. Um, and then I also sent you through a video of them performing it live. Did you get a chance to have a look at that? Yeah. I didn't see that. I did see okay. the video, yes, because um, yeah. they they're known for performing this live and then having like yeah. a they bring a whale um, like uh, prop onto the stage so people are encouraged to shout, "Look, a whale, a whale!" and yeah. and sing along, like scream. Um, what's it? They're they're asked. The audience are asked to scream, scream like you're being swallowed by a whale. Um, during the song so that's what they do when they play live now which is Mm -hmm. pretty cool like you know get everyone involved i've seen them do it a couple of times they usually play it last and yeah they open it with so you know when you see a whale don't forget to scream as if you're being swallowed by a whale and that's when it sort of comes on from the side of stage which is always i've got to watch that i've got to watch that clip i'm not sure where it got lost but anyway yeah do it it's adorable um yeah they they appeared like i've i don't I've never actually seen them, but they will. They seem to put on full like Gilbert and Sullivan operettas, as opposed to a gig. So um, there's some, someone definitely to see live. Yeah, yeah, no, that it's yeah, it's a really cool song, and it, like it's obviously a nice big stretched out version when they do it live, and there's lots of swaying back and forth. Mm. And um, in the video, you'll see it at the end because at the end of the song, it picks up and the tempo just increases with each set of beats. And in the live version, they keep getting faster and faster. It gets crazy fast. But you can see when they're sort of doing a nice tempo, there's almost like a jumping mosh pit in the crowd. And I was like, you know, the, the kind of thing you would never expect to see at a Decemberist show <laughs> is um, is, a, is any kind of like combined dancing or jumping or anything. But this one, it just manages to hit and they're doing it up on stage. So it's easy for people to pick up the timing. And when they so, yeah. recorded it, did you know that they recorded it in a really interesting way? Did you I did, that? yes, but yep. you can oh, tell everybody. I was just going to say, mm. um, they recorded it around a single mic in the studio. So what they would do was they would step forward for their bits um, and they'd have to control the volume of their own instruments during their parts um, whilst they were playing them. So uh, they would have to do that themselves as they step forward in towards the mic and they would take it in turns when it was their turn to go and sing or their turn to go and play something um they would have to go around a single microphone and they did it all um in one take which is nuts which is just Mm. it's like they just it's like they're like hey we're this is this was their third record i think 
Um, yeah. And it's like, they were already like, oh, how can we push ourselves even further and make things yeah. even more complicated? It's I like, know. we've got this really complex nine minute song we're going to have to do. How can we make it more difficult for ourselves? Yeah, let's record it in one take, multi-instruments, and we're all going to have to control our own individual instrumental volumes whilst we're doing it because um, otherwise the mic will pick it up it's in a different way. It's amazing, isn't it? They're mm. just bonkers, um, which is great. But also, um, what's fun is this album came out um, just as I was... A, going on my um holiday with it was like me my old couple that i was in um and two other couples we all went on holiday together in a holiday cottage just to hang out um listen to music and play puzzles and stuff for a week um because we're so cool in our 20s um and this album came out around uh just as we went on one of these holidays and so it was the album that was um the soundtrack to our holidays to our holidays nice. so um it was just like so when you sent it to me i was like i know this one you yeah know, hands up i'm a good girl <laughs> like do i win a, win a prize you've done it yeah, yeah. so oh. um yeah which is really fun but i hadn't i actually haven't listened to it like probably since that holiday because somebody else owned mm. the cd so um yeah it was just really so it's really cool it's a really cool one yeah. to pick up on so did you choose this one because it was also another story um like epic, epic, sto- yeah. epic story but yeah. in, in one song. Like- yeah, so I think it's got a real connection to Hazards of Love in that it is that story and almost um, a fairy tale story as well where at the end, like obviously they both die. The narrator and the rake both die mm. because they're in the belly of a whale. But so the, the narrator gets a victory, quote unquote victory, but he still dies. So it's more of a pyrrhic victory, but which is tied into that whole fairy tale stuff that I talked about with the album as well, where, mm. you know, fairy tales don't have happy endings. They usually have bad endings. Mm-hmm. So this one had this one had kind of good, but then kind of neutral, you know, a pyrrhic victory as it was. I'm a sucker for a pyrrhic victory. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that's so, my life uh, all over. And this album, Liam, you don't reckon would have been flawless? Not the whole album. I really like it. Sure. And it was the first album that I got from Decemberus. And I do yeah. really like it. It's got some great songs on it. Um, not mm. the whole album being flawless, but this song, I, yeah, it shows up in my Spotify stuff all the time because I listen to it and I listen to it in full every time, which means Spotify keeps yeah. bringing it back. So, cool. and yeah, there's, um, there's some cool animated, uh, YouTube videos as well, where people have like drawn like comics and sort of design graphic design stuff to the song. That is so showing, good. Showing the pieces as it happens, which is really cool as well. So. Because I was going to say, the lyrics of um, December songs generally follow stories and stuff, and they're, like, really mm. interesting, and they're fantastical, um, as we've talked about. But they are they in a storybook anywhere? Like, has somebody illustrated Decemberist lyrics? Because if they haven't, there's a real market. <laughs> I feel like you could just go through all their albums and pick out a song or pick out the entire Hazard of Love, mm. and you could turn it yeah. into a storybook, um, and you could, like you know soften it if you wanted to and turn it into a kid's book and it could be like the decemberists are presenting to you a the bedtime story for your kids or whatever like mm-hmm. i just think it'd be or like really good like comic books for like grown-ups like us um i think it would just yeah. be it would work really well so if that hasn't happened if i'm just or uh, then I'm, I'm i'm pitching out there that people yeah. should do that like it should be a thing i haven't heard of that happening but i do know colin malloy has written like fairy tale books. I'm not sure if they're aimed at kids or adults. That's the only thing. But he has written like completely separate to his music. He's written, you know, the kind of the kind of books you would expect him to write yeah. as, as a side thing. That's cool. Oh, good cool. for them. Well, yeah. thank you for bringing this 
Thank song. you for bringing it. That's all good. Mm. Not a problem at all. I thought, yeah, really cool little song, very closely tied to their pre the stuff and almost like a bit of a precursor to then what grew up to be, what grew into Hazards of Love, so to speak. So. Yes. Mm, that makes sense. Cool. Great. All right. Thanks well, for bringing it. Thank you for having a listen. And thank you to all our Patreon supporters. We love you. We love each and every one of you. Yeah, we do. Kiss, 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 I'm a supporter kiss, right now, but you've become one in the future and you've gotten access to this episode because of that. So thank you very much, everybody, for listening. And we will see you next time. Hello to our beautiful Patreon backers. This is a flawless special bonus episode where it is my turn to say, what are our one-hit wonders? Now, the one-hit wonder I am proposing is by Norwegian 80s synth-pop fun times, aha, with Take On Me from 1985. Now, first have you boys heard this song before? Yes, definitely. Yes, of course I've <laughs> heard this song before. And have you seen the music video? Yes. Yes, of course definitely. I've seen the video. <laughs> and have you heard anything else by AHA? Yes, I've been to an AHA concert. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why I'm extremely offended by such a claim. Oh, scandalous. scandalous claim. Scandalous is like an understatement. <laughs> How could you possibly say that AHA is a one-hit wonder? Off the drop of a hat, I could name you additional songs. Do it. Take On Me, Cry Wolf, Living Daylights. Um, Living Daylights. Mil- yeah? Isn't that Depeche Mode? Oh, that was Duran Duran, forgive me. Duran Duran. <laughs> but anyway, so you, can name one. you name one other song. You, like went to a, you went to an AHA concert. Yeah. Okay, well, this is yeah, new it's, information. Um, well, this is why I was dev- I was devastated. No, they wouldn't. They wouldn't sell that Suncorp. Okay, <laughs> let's be clear. They wouldn't do Suncorp. Um, it would have been the last, like, just before COVID um, hit us in March two years ago, two and a half years ago. Um, they played at Surame, and I went. Oh, winery, yep. Mm-hmm. At Surame Winery, which is just, just south of um, of. Brisbane, okay, nowhere, yep. yeah, no man's land, <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah. So they, they've got um, it's not the Living Daylights is another one. That, sorry, that's that that is a Bond one as well. But forgive me, they've got a couple of tracks that they're not just one hit wonders. Okay. <laughs> However, ask me about the concert. It's a different story. We can talk about that after you go. So wait, uh, hold on. Is Morton Harkle the singer still dreamy? Very, nice. very. Because this was. 1985, the year I was born, and so forgive me, that's 37 years ago. He he was he's it was incredibly an incredibly good Nick. Um, he was not afraid to um, like leer at all the women that he could. <laughs> so he was very conscious that he still 
hunting high and low. The living daylights. It was the living daylights. Was it? Stay on these roads crying in the rain. <sighs> Move to Memphis. Guys, <laughs> there are lots of tracks, I promise you. Can Liam, have you yes. heard of any of those songs? I mean, I'd heard of the living daylights. The sun always shines on TV. So that's the one I was going to talk about because that one was the second single off the album and that one charted better than Take On Me in the UK. Oh, really? Yeah, Take On Me only got to number two. The Sun Always Shines on TV got to number one in but the UK. But that's because The Power of Love was number one. Yeah. <laughs> hey, and what's wrong with you, Lewis, in the news? But, but I will say, for as much as it charted better in the moment, Enduring, Take On Me obviously enduring, is much higher Take On than, Me. Yeah, yeah and it's copied say- by The Weekend. If you play Aha, they say Take On Me. Yes, right. yeah, definitely. So that's why I put it as a one-hit wonder. <laughs> However, I didn't right, expect to... Grant was going to have an embolism. He, he lost his <laughs> shit, dude. Oh, well, I shit. am. I'm, I, I mean, like, I remember in 1992, I stand to be corrected, at high school, my first year, there was they had a greatest hits. You don't just have a greatest hits if you don't have any songs. <laughs> and you come and you say it's the only track that they know. Come on. Well, I'm I, so sorry. That's the only song I know. Okay. So yeah. Thank <laughs> yeah. You. Wow. So yeah, it was in the UK number two for three weeks, but it was on like M- like MTV for years. Yes. And it was on the US Billboard chart number one for twenty seven weeks. But you knew the Living Daylights. I mean, sorry to interrupt. But I thought it was a Duran Duran song. No, but that's another one. That's similar. <laughs> so it's cheesy. Uh, acknowledge mm. that. Oh. But we not we didn't pitch cheesy songs. No. <laughs> we pitched one hits. And it's sexy. And it's cool. Yeah. Nice video. The, cor- the chorus is, is funny because it's like, take on me, I'll be gone. And he's, he's ratcheting up the emotion. And then the final line is, in a day or two. Yeah. I'll be gone <laughs> in a day or two. No, no one asked when. Do- like it, it, the way he sings it, it feels like it should be like the emotional crux of an entire song. But they had to release this song three times before it charted. Yes. So they charted it. They released it in '84, and it didn't chart anywhere. They released it again in '85, and they didn't do it anywhere. Then they released it with the updated video in '90 in '85, and that's when it became the hit that we know today. Mm-hmm. With the classic video that we know today, which is half comic book and half real life, which mm. is awesome. Um, with him being a swoonable guy, with quite frankly a plain-looking woman, in my <laughs> opinion. Um, but in your discerning opinion. In my opinion, because I was growing when I got. MTV when I was eight but I saw that music video I was like who's he that's <laughs> awesome so um yeah and then I was like well I've heard nothing else by this band so they are a one-hit wonder apparently sorry Grant um <laughs> but no. um I did say Spotify have listened to other tracks but they are known for this one um, they are an iconic piece of 1980s history, including karaoke. Can I stop it? Can I? Yes. You go. I'm passionate about this one. I love this. So, okay, because I was there, I ought to know. There was a lot of hype coming out of South Africa at the time because these guys were doing their, 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 our heart toured there first. And I read up and it's like, oh, they, he was, they were great, all the rest of it. Magnus or whatever his name is, Magna. Was no. a bitter disappointment. Morton. He was rude to his support staff the whole time. He had like earpiece issues, and he's like, like mouthing and waving, yeah. like a real rude, abrasive, couldn't care less prick. I really felt like it was a money grab from a show perspective, which mm-hmm. I haven't actually felt like in almost any other concerts I've ever been to. 
And we want to talk about One Hit Wonders and who was an amazing present uh, showman and incredibly professional. I smile even thinking about it. Rick Astley opened before them. Nice. And he was absolutely awesome. He gave it his all. He had to, of course, close with Never Gonna Give You mm-hmm. Up. <laughs> and there was a One Hit Wonder potentially. But there you go. Thank you. So, Grant, I'm very sorry that I chose One Hit Wonder of a band that you... It's not a One Hit Wonder! ...that you recently saw a full set of, which I did not know people did. Um, There were were lots of people. um, I am judging you in many ways right now, but there we go. deep on many levels. You didn't know this. This is... You are so fucking deep. You're so complicated. I don't. Like I don't onion, understand like you. Onion. You. You're the bands you propose as flawless compared to I went to see Aha um, <laughs> is um, like dichotomy. <laughs> you're fucking weird. Thank you. It's taken you three years, four years, for this for to this, come out. Yeah, a little bit. So I've deceived you. Yeah, I thought you just liked Led Zeppelin. <laughs> so, anyway, you nominated... Hang on, before we go there, you mentioned, oh, yeah. you mentioned karaoke. Yeah. You haven't sung it. I've sung this song. You haven't sung it for karaoke! That's disgusting. You want to know why? Uh, you were paid? Yeah. No. Someone paid you. I hadn't heard it. I'd heard the Real Big Fish cover. <gasps> I love the Real Big Fish cover. I think I've it's one of their the best songs. It's awesome. It's perfect. Because it's so good. Because there's a synth note. You just grab that note, that line, and you play that note on the trumpets, and the guitar parts stay the same. It's really fucking good. And I'd never heard the original, but I saw it in the list of songs, and I was like, I knew it wasn't the Real Big Fish version, but I was like, I just hope that it's close to the Real Big Fish version, and I'll sing that. No, I need to listen to that one. So oh, I, my I God. Now it. I need to go to karaoke <laughs> with Liam. I wouldn't do it again. That, I couldn't have, like, as I've learned now that I know the original, as that I've would be learned. that's so high. I'm never gonna. I would. I don't know what I was thinking. Just trying drop to the do register. It. No, I can't do that. I don't even. I'm. That's bad at how bad at karaoke and singing I am. Oh my god, I'm so. so yeah. I but love... I did. I did this song on karaoke, hoping it was like the Ruby Fifth version, and finding out finding out while I was up on stage that of course it wasn't. Okay. In one of my very rare exam- times I attended karaoke. Well, right now, I am really enamoured by Liam <laughs> and I'm really disappointed <laughs> in Grant. No! So, there oh. you go. But <laughs> we all brought a one-hit wonder and let's see if anyone else can fuck it up. Well, my, I'll, may I go next? Yes, I'll please. give you a true um, one-hit wonder. What's up? by four non-blondes. What's going on, isn't it? Yeah, no. It's, it's, what's, it's what's up. It's what's up? Grant wrote, but, Grant wrote in the in the document what's going oh, on. Oh right, that's what I wrote. Yeah. I was just like, oh, blindly copying. <laughs> I said, hey, yeah. yes. what's going on? Correct. Yes. So the, they never say the line "What's up" in the in the song. Yeah. And it's three chords to glory, yeah. not even four. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And I can play this one on guitar too. 
And they legit weren't blondes. They weren't. Yeah, no. Like, name, name was... Well, you couldn't be. You couldn't, you couldn't go, we're going to be called the four non-blondes and one band member's like, but I'm blonde. She's just like dying out <laughs> yeah, every no. week. Just like, sure. This is well, I mean, maybe, maybe one of them was blonde and dying it every week. But you couldn't you couldn't have a blonde band member. If but the lead singer, whose name I don't know, had blonde streaks in her kind of weird dreaded hair. Something Perry. Yes. Um, there you go. And so uh, Linda Perry. Linda Perry. There you go. So I absolutely loved this growing up. Yeah. So how do you hear it, Grant? Tell us. Tell us the one, or you just go on like it was I, on the radio, and now yeah, it just yeah. it was on the radio, and Fair. you know I would have watched the video, and it is yeah. Now I'm blonde, and it's dreadlocked hair, and mm-hmm. it's three chords, great catchy tune, and then fizzled like there's nothing more. Yeah. Um. So I got number fourteen on the US Billboard Hot 100. Cool. And it peaked in many other countries. Well, done. But we nice. all heard it. Yeah. Um. And I don't. I have. I looked. I, I didn't see anything else or listen to anything else that was even close to it. Oh. From a hit. Do you say? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's a nice. I've actually. Oh, can I tell you? Here we go. If Sarah Clemence is listening to this and is a patron, I've played this live with Sarah. At a concert at Prez Care where we used to work together. She played the ukulele, I played the guitar, we sang it together with a uh, with a reverend, I think. So nice. thank you, Sarah. I've played it live. Oh, there you go. Cool. Well, she doesn't, but I will play it for her Please. because we're friends. Yes. And that's how we know each other. Correct. So there we go. Liam. Oh, just quickly before that, um, mm. it was a song from like well before that what was her name? Sorry, Perry. Linda Perry. Linda Perry had yeah. like it was in her catalogue way before the Four Nine Bonds actually formed. Okay. Uh, during the time when the two of them were struggling musicians in San Francisco, Third Eye Blind frontman Stephen Jenkins recalled sitting in a room with Perry, who was working as a waitress down the street and performing compositions to one another, and they played each other early versions of Semi Charmed Life. No, what's stop up? It. Both wow. of which would become massive hits. It would be decades later that Jenkins realized the songs performed in that private session would sell a combined seventeen million records. That's so, cool. Yeah. I see. So, which makes me think there must have been a Four Non Blondes album. Like, it's too yeah. big for some label not to have picked up and gone, hey, no. we'll put something out. But, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, the, um, bigger, Better, Faster, More was the album. Okay, sweet. So, cool. Um, but, but nothing yeah. else charted, really. No. That no. we know of. No. That's that, that, uh, Dear Mr. President in 92, What's Up in 93, Spaceman 93 in terms of singles from. Them. So there we go. But that was an interesting one. Well done for mm. finding that. Yeah, I think wow. that was, Yeah, it was cool. Okay, my turn. For my choice, I had I struggled because I, I'm You struggled so hard. I did struggle because what happens with me first of all, I don't pay attention to what songs chart, so it's hard for me to know whether stuff charts or not. But also what happens for me a lot is like when I hear a really good song that I really love, and then most people just go, Well, that's a one hit wonder is I actually do a deep dive on the band and end up really liking a lot of their stuff. So and you follow them around on tour. Yeah, and so, there's, so there's, a couple, there's a couple of albums on my shortlist that we'll be talking about coming up from bands that are like, everyone thinks of them as one-hit wonders. And I'm like, actually, no, this album that they did 10 years later was actually perfect, note flawless. So, yeah, okay. it was hard for me to find one. But then I landed on one. I, I don't remember how I found it. I think I was even just Googling like... <clears throat> Lists of one-hit wonders and all that yeah. stuff, and I saw this one. I was like, "That's cool." So my nomination of the best one-hit wonder is OMC's "How Bizarre." Destination unknown as we're pulling for some gas. A 
officially placed a poster reveals a smile from the pack. Elephants and acrobats, lions, snakes, monkey. Billy speaks righteous, Sister Cena says funky. How bizarre. How bizarre, how bizarre. Track. Which everyone will know. New Zealand group OMC, yes. which stands for Otorowa Motorcycle Club, released in December 95 as the lead single from the only album of the same name, How Bizarre. Went to top of the charts in Australia, Austria, Canada, Ireland, and New Zealand. So they only ever released one album. They only ever released one single from that album. That single destroyed the world, and then they just disappeared. <laughs> disappeared. It was they such an earworm. Such an earworm. So oh my word. it's like a, it's like part hip hop, part funk song. It's got like mariachi trumpets all the way through it. It's so cool. I actually wrote dot, 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 thanks, Liam, yeah. <laughs> um, when you put this one down. Uh, so I didn't actually know they were from New Zealand. Mm. I knew that before. Yeah. Well, I had no idea. So that was news to me. And then when I found out their name was Ottawa, they said that it was because um, Ottawa is one of the poorest suburbs in Auckland. Mm-hmm. And that's why they named themselves that. So, yeah, it's a um, Maori yeah. name. Yeah. But yeah, so it was a huge, it was a huge hit in the mm. UK. Won the award. Oh, okay, cool. So in New Zealand, it won the award for single of the year at 96 New Zealand Music Awards. Um, Nature's Best 2, I don't know what that is, as the 34th greatest New Zealand song of all time, as voted for members of the Australasian Performing Rights Association. So they charted again in New Zealand, but mm. never again internationally. Right. Whereas okay. OMC, um, How Bizarre, was absolutely all over the radio waves in the UK and I couldn't get away from it and I <laughs> wanted it to die. So nice. th- that's why I'm like, thanks, it Liam. It was Jeez. literally... And because it's so... No, it's a huge song in so South Africa too. Huge. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. Great oh, song. It's got a cool like male female duet, like a nice energy to it as well. Like that's yeah. really cool. And the trumpet's cool. Enough. Yeah, it's I've nice. even got the ooh baby. Yeah. In my head. Yeah. Now playing the whole yeah. song <laughs> is playing in my head. So the other cool thing that happened last year was that there was a resurgence of the song's popularity when TikTok picked it up. Because, really? Because you can because you can do something like the song Shorts. is playing and, and something can... weird happens in the video and then one of the people in the video goes, How bizarre in time with the song. So over a hundred thousand videos incorporated the song's lyrics into the video showing awkward conversations and strange coincidences. The how bizarre hashtag generated more than one point four billion views. No way. So they it, Do they get it comms? There again. must be some com- commission on that, eh? They're, because they are actually licensed. TikTok does license the music if you use the official versions of stuff. So yeah. But whether or not, I don't know what the writing and the performing credits yeah. get out of that. But yeah, that's cool. so amazing as well. So, so it's, it's a great one-hit wonder. I mean, a that is a big wonder, one. Yes, unlike Aha, which had huge <laughs> hits elsewhere. So for this episode of Patreon supporters, we have two one-hit wonders and one <laughs> fail. So um, thanks for that, and we're I not, hope you've enjoyed. We're not scoring on the bonus episode. No, no, there's no scoring. Correct. No, no. But thanks for the conversation. I, I, I must say. It was never my intention to disappoint you. <laughs> no, okay. you have, like... you've you've intrigued me more than anything. Oh, okay, okay. The fact that anybody in this day and age went, 
I'm going to go and see Aha play. And, and opened by Rick Astley, mind you. Opened by Rick Astley as well. Like, yes. Like, who chooses that earworm either? Um, so I can't believe I didn't say that was Rick on my Astley. That was on my was short really? list. Yeah, because I mum had the album when I was a kid growing up. So wait, so it's a one-hit wonder because everyone knows it for the meme. But the album it's oh. on has like four singles and is like it's yeah. all really good. And like it was, su- it was super popular. Yeah, like, honestly, it was good. Rick, yeah. if you're listening, bud, you were you were good that day. He is a ginger prince. Oh, he's a and nice an awesome, guy. And an he's awesome such person a cool as well. Yeah. So yeah, super anyway. super nice guy. <laughs> there you go. Well, thanks everyone for listening. This has been a flawless Patreon podcast. So um, thanks for supporting us. Thank and you. Share the word. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, patrons. Thank you for being awesome. <laughs> it is much appreciated. It's my uh, round in this series to nominate a song or a theme. Mm, topic or a, a theme. Topic yep. or a theme. Mm-hmm. And I have, for my sins, um, said a piano song, please, that is a fa- firm favorite for um, the hosts here tonight. So shall I start with mine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I'll start yep. with mine. Okay. So my piano song is Silver Thunderbird by Mark Conn and that's off his self-titled album Mm -hmm. Watched it coming up winds low down South Park Boulevard It was looking good from tail to hood Great big fins and painted steel Man, it looked just like the Batmobile Yeah, what can I say? It's just a fantastic flipping song. I absolutely love it. Um, it's probably more, Mark Hahn's probably more famous for Walking in Memphis, which is horrendously covered by Cher and... 9697 <laughs> I was um, going to mention that. Uh, well uh, yes you um you nominated that song for one of our previous bonus episodes and you also talked about how horrendous the really? well, this problem yeah. is I drink too much sometimes when I come here that's why I don't drink as much anymore because it's a problem I forget about this stuff so yes thoughts um is it on the album because the, the note I had was that it was actually like a non-album track really so it's not even so you should have a section there on track list but yeah, um, it's cool. It's like um, a song from a song from a son talking to his dad, who he probably doesn't spend as much time with as he'd like to. Um, but dad insists that if there's a god in heaven, he's got a silver thunderbird. No, song number three. So weird. It was on there. Okay, cool. Maybe maybe they meant like non. It wasn't released as a single. I don't. Think. No, it wasn't released as a single. I think yeah. the only one was Walking in Memphis. Yeah. Of that. So how did album. you come across this song? Well. Mm. Well, these are the questions again. Like, well, how can I bring up songs and I forget that we've even brought them up before? And um, why did we <coughs> invite you on the podcast if you can't remember how yeah, you know exactly? That song? I can say that from memory, I did know of Walking in Memphis first, mm-hmm. and then I would have been the early two thousands. Now, this the album. This album was released in ninety one. Mm-hmm. Someone would have had a disc and or an MP three player that had it on someone's car when I was driving around somewhere mm-hmm. and it's got such a nice introduction mm-hmm. and you know again this guy talks about watch it coming up Winslow down South Park Boulevard it was looking good from tail to hood um great big fins and painted steel made it look <laughs> just like the Batmobile 
Uh, <clears throat> and that was b- like verbatim. Yeah, yeah. Well. Yeah, 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 you didn't read that. You didn't read that. that no, was, no, no. I, thank you. Um, so, uh, and um, forgive me for not having more notes, but I know the song pretty well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so I would have heard it on someone, I think her name is Simone Becker. Simone, if you're out there, if you're a patron, this one's for you. And uh, um, probably, you know, references to the dad, son, and mm. my, um, and a car. So, so my, um, my story or elements of my story. And it's, it's just, I find it an uplifting song and a bit sad. Mm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that's, um, that's why I chose that one. And I wrote down, I don't know Mark Con, but I feel like he has a lot of songs about his dad. Yeah, he you, might you, do. You can probably, I don't know if you know him, <clears throat> catalog a bit more. He might, um, look, I've certainly got, this as potentially being a flawless album to give our Patreon um, backers an inside scoop. But I haven't listened to it in enough of the other tracks to say yeah. there is a lot more okay. of the dad stuff or dad mm-hmm. references. Well, I wrote down it was Billy Joel piano with Bruce Springsteen voice. Oh, oh. yep, cool. That's kind of how I heard it, and yeah. I was like, "That's nice." And then I got down the Walking in Memphis route yeah. and went, "Oh my god, that's how I know this guy." Um, mm. And then I was just like, "And then share," and then so I was like, "Of course." This is a share thing. Um, so, um, yeah. But it was a really pretty song, so I was really glad that you brought it forward. And um, obviously being piano-led, mm. I can see why you chose piano as your um, tra- the thing the of topic? choice. Topic yeah. of choice. Mm. Any, any particular reason for that topic or just something that... No, uh, literally I just thought, hey, you know what? Yeah. Piano song. Awesome. Let's do it. Cool. Done. Easy. Liam. Over to me. So yeah, yeah so sure. I'm nominating a uh, band, an Australian band um, called Epicure, oh. and their song called Main Street. Kick your heels down, Main Street again. Can you feel the grip pulling at your feet, my friend? And cut your tears loose, they're no use it anymore. You know you're gonna hit the ground the second you hit the floor. Off their album? Off the album, Main Street. So it's a centerpiece, it's like the exact middle of the album. It's like track okay. five out of ten or something. Yeah. Um, I want to, like, if we hadn't covered Muse in a previous episode, I would have gone with a Muse song because Muse does a lot of piano songs and they're mm-hmm. probably the ones, like, they're the ones that think of it, that jump to mind when I think of piano songs. But I was like, I wanted to try to find something maybe you guys hadn't heard of yeah. before and hadn't heard of. So, mm-hmm. yeah. It's Epicure. a great track. Yeah. So they, um, now defunct, sadly. So Juan Alban was on, is on the vocals and he does the piano as well. And it kind of... It's it's piano led, so it's got the piano at the start. Yeah. It does have it all the way through it, but then the lost, like I think with the Mark Cohn song, it's mostly piano is like the dominant instrument. Whereas this one, the, the piano sometimes fades into the background with the rest of the instruments and then comes back again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but they're so Epicure. They put out three albums, or some. They were saying it was four, but I think some of them was like an EP or something like that. They got some Triple J airplay. I heard them. I've got the album before this and this album. They're both really good. So we might listen to them, one of them, one day for the podcast. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's just a really beautiful, like it just, you listen to the album and then it's just like this nice piano through. And it's like, yeah, it's just like, it feels like a nice homecoming song. He's like just it is. kicking down Main Street, going for a walk. 
And then of course it builds up into this. It's got like the gospel choir behind it and, and the orchestral yeah. flourish and all that sort of stuff as well. So, so yeah. Um, so you've I, seen Epicure? No, I don't think I, I, I don't think I've seen them. It's possible I have, and I've just forgotten it. Like sure. I saw them one time, okay. or they supported somebody, and then yeah. I didn't see them again. But um, I don't don't remember. And they're they're yeah, long since long broken since up. So. Long. Um, Wine Albine does do stuff now and he's, he's got a Facebook page where he puts some stuff out so I only found that out today so I'm going to go and check that out That's cool. in the future so what do you guys think of Main Street? Uh, so I went um, never heard of them before but yeah. they are in my wheelhouse title mm-hmm. um, track of the album so they were banned since 1996 but they only brought in keys in 2002 mm. so um, it was good of you to choose something from 2005 when they had piano, yeah. or it would have missed this particular yeah. episode. <laughs> yeah. um, so so they, yeah. Most of their songs from the, this album long before, not most of them, some of them have piano, I like piano led and some of them are guitar led. So Yeah, well, I love the big gospel lift at the mm-hmm. end of the song. Mm. That's really nice. Yeah. Because um, there's like, it's quite, um, even though there's a piano intro, it goes into Americana mm-hmm. guitar and vocal. Um but it's not a typically Australian band, mm-hmm. I'd say. No. Like, from thinking, like, I've worked at 4 Triple Z, where I've had to listen to a lot of music, um, Austra- and, like, a lot of Australian music, but um, Epicure, I wouldn't put into that bucket of something no. like an Australian band. Yeah, not, not a lot of their stuff sounds a lot like this. Like, you're right, it's the Americana, and not all their songs do sound like that, but, yeah. They don't sound specifically Australian either when they're the rest of their stuff. Well, to... Um, Steal from Grant. I'm richer for having listened to Epicure <laughs> nice. um, because I, honestly, I thought, "Wow, this is a new band I want to check out because yep. they had some stuff that I really liked." Mm-hmm. Like this track was a, a genuinely really enjoyable listen. It mm. is absolutely. Uh, it so, actually reminded me quite a bit of um, Counting Crows, the Americana yeah. piece. Yeah, oh, yeah. and probably after recovering the satellites was. Album with uh, this laugh or something, I forget what it's called, but it's got hanging around on it. But yep. I was like, there is a familiarity about it, which yeah. is mm. which is nice, nice, so, yeah. nice song. This album's good, and the one before the Goodbye okay. Girl is probably the one that I would nominate if I was going to nominate one. So that's really good as well. But they, he's got really cool, like um, little rhyme, little pieces, like little lyric things. So on this album, there's a song called Tightrope Walker, and um, the main line for the chorus is, "She's a tightrope walker, and he's the streets below." Oh. so it's like yeah like if she falls they'll be together but like yeah just really cool, stuff. cool. stuff so but yeah also, well worth checking out you will be splattered yeah. and they <laughs> will both die yeah or they'll yeah. both die I mean how yeah. you again we're going back to this <laughs> I think you're reading really you... the metaphor he's not actually the, he's not in the streets below he is the streets below oh. so he so if she can fall they'll be together but he'll also be the thing that kills her but that's okay. what her interpretation is yeah. no, so <laughs> no, interpretation like, um Late 2003, Epicure supported live on their Australian tour. Wow, huh? That's cool. Jeez. No. Yeah, on their Australian tour. Yeah. So, yeah. One of those ones that, yeah, should have been bigger. Would probably still be around if they'd been bigger, but had to go and do their own thing. Fair enough. Yeah, and them's the breaks, eh? Yeah. Over to you, George. Yes. And what an intriguing choice, George. Mm. Please, over to you. intriguing. Yes. Well, uh, why intriguing? Because it is, lit- you mean you've taken literally piano, and it's literally piano. Okay, so I'll explain. Please um, tell us what you've done. Tell us what you're. Yeah. T- what you're tagging? 
so I have written, I have chosen um, a piece which is now legitimately the oldest piece of flawless music <laughs> placed into the archives, which is Eric. So the oldest song ever mentioned on the Flawless podcast. Yep. Absolutely. So we are now like I think I did it with like Chet Baker or something like that mm-hmm. from like the fifties. Now I'm so glad in- it's not a competition though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so glad. <laughs> I'm now taking you back to 1890 to 93, where Eric Satie wrote Nossian number one. Well, he wrote a series of one to eight, um, but Nossian number one. most solemn beautiful optimistic pieces of music I've ever heard in my entire life and it is a single piano piece and he wrote it in free time and free time means no time signatures or divisions yeah so you're saying free with an f not three with a number three yeah free I'm Mm -hmm. just um I have a speech impediment. No, no, that's all cool. I just I, when I heard you say, I thought I thought you said three time, and I was like, no. I thought I read there was no time, but yeah, no free time. Free time. So free, as in there is no time signatures or divisions, as in he was referred to as an impressionist of music. So um, the title word was Nossian was actually invented by Satie. It does not exist in the French language. The music is hauntingly sparse, yet somehow comforting. The simple, low chords with the right-hand melody into a strong and powerful pulse that invokes love, yet despair. It feels like love and lo- lo- uh, loss and love coupled together, musician and composer. Satie, 1866-1925, went to the Paris Conservatoire, but he never finished. So he played in Montmartre. Montmartre is the artist residence of um, Paris, and it is where all of the coolest kids hung out, um, including my partner's um, great-grandfather, Leon Daviel, who was an artist and sketcher. He was friends with Jean Cocteau, Pablo Picasso, Claude Debussy. My partner is learning to play it on piano. He also wrote a ballet, and the work continues to be uh, played today. And it will be played at both my wedding and my funeral. And no musician plays it the same because it is free time. Mm. So that is why I nominated when you said piano, my heart went straight to Eric Satie. And I brought him to the table. Hmm. Um, not my usual choice. But so I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna have to drop someone's version into the podcast for people to have a quick twenty second listen to because that's what we'll do. So yeah, that's. I, fa- I found a version on Spotify that seemed pretty. Lots of listens, so it seemed like most people are okay with that version. Awesome, do that. There are <laughs> so many. Hmm. I have, um, I have approximately um, three C. Deeds of Eric Satie back in the UK that are going to come with me um, this year, and they are 
they all play this particular song in a different time signature. Wow. It's awesome. So cool. And you heard this from, the, you would have first heard this when you were a young, young, younger mm, I person. I was a child. And I tried to um, apply my ballet techniques to it because it was just such a hauntingly beautiful piece. And so I used to write ballet um, like pieces to it and perform for my family from when I was about five years old. Cool. So there we go. Cool. So, Easy. So, Grant, you said you weren't expecting this. Just piano, no. Because, like, I could have just put Piano Man by Billy Joel. No, you couldn't have because we'd already done a B Billy Joel. You wouldn't have done <laughs> that. Like, we haven't, like... We've got to be careful, I think, about going back to the same album or same, sorry, artists and mm -hmm. album for that matter. Yeah. So you weren't going to do that. But no. <laughs> I would have thought you wanted something more like mine. Like, I think mine's in the middle of what I've requested. Yours was like, yeah, there's there's piano in there, but it's not necessarily like the dominant in instrument. Mm -hmm. And this one is like the total. It's the only. It's the only instrument. Yeah. Um, so there's no recorded <laughs> version. I don't know anything about the history of recording or anything, but there's no recorded version of him playing it. Uh, not to my knowledge from... 1893. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. I thought so, no. No, no. No, so Jeez. there's just so many people that have covered it. I have it on vinyl record. Mm. Um, so I listen to it sometimes, but it's just such a beautiful... It's a lovely piece. Mm. It is really. But again, I, th yeah, I was... It's intriguing. Like you go, piano song, and yeah. here we've got this interpretation. It's cool. Yeah, it's nice. I loved it. As soon as yeah. the piano, I was just like, Look, I mean, well, I just... I didn't want to disappoint you again yeah. tonight, George, um, or, or create any more inner turmoil around who is Granty. I mean, who is, is Grant? Uh, yeah. So anyway, um, so cool. how did you feel when you heard the piece? Yeah, I, it was like it was interesting when I read that he created the word for them, and then like you said, <clears> there's <throat> no time, so there's no time signature and no bars either. So it's mm -hmm. just whatever notes. There's like a huge interpretation of whoever's mm. performing it to n decide what notes get grouped together, which is really cool. I remember the first time I had it on CD, um, it was like the perfect version. Then I heard someone else's version and I was just like, no, it's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> then I heard someone else's and I was like, no, it's wrong. And then I've had to learn that free time free time. wanted yeah. it to be free time. Mm. So, yeah. It's interesting that we've got this theme today, <clears throat> at least in the session around it's how you take it. Yeah. You know, like, it's what, you know, from the earlier sessions, you know, what the music is, is what is how you feel it is. Mm. Whether it's, mm -hmm. you know, what my intention was as the writer or the creators, irrelevant now. It's how, how you choose to, and again, certainly playing it even, um, which adds another variable to it. Wow, it's been confusing, hasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, so, really, I'm really trying to sleep tonight going, what? Thanks for Concepts. choosing it though, Grant. Yeah, sure. Nice thank choice. Thank you. And um, thanks to all of you patrons. I hope you got some value out of that one. And please feel free to get hold of us. Leave a comment below in the Patreon to tell us your favorite piano songs and where we can check them out. Yeah, all, all themes and all themes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you've got any topics you'd like for us to discuss, definitely leave them as a comment and we can have a bit of a chat about our favorite songs in certain genres or styles or whatever you want to be. Cool. Thanks, everyone. Stay well. Bye.